So this podcast is going to be a tribute to my father and, and mother. I've interviewed them both briefly. Um, I'll include this one with a, a current interview with my, with my dad while we were having breakfast recently. But um, I'm going to read an article from the Bellingham Business Journal, January 2002 edition. You might be thinking, well, that's a long time ago. Um, it is, but this article has so many little gems in it for people who are starting a small business that I feel that I just need to read it. And I'll pause and editorialize it a little bit where I think that are really important points for a new business. It could be a technology business. It could be um, maybe just a good principle for other small businesses. And uh, I just think that it's some some principles in here that, anyway, sorry to ramble a little bit too much there on that, but I, I think that are worth, worth uh, recording and sharing. So again, January 2002, Bellingham Business Journal. It's a survivor story. It says, Survivor Auto Beecraft. A closer look at a Bellingham business that has stood the test of time. The title of the article is Building a Business, One Fender at a Time. Roger Pearson bought Auto Beecraft in 1980. Now, 21 years later, he still loves coming to work every morning by Vanessa Blackburn. Car detailing is as much an art as it is a skill. Matching the paints, making something that was bashed in look better than new. These things take fine eye as well as a logical mind. Roger Pearson knew since he was in high school that it was exactly what he wanted to do. When he went to vocational college in the early 60s and afterwards when he started working at an auto body repair and paint shop that is now called Auto B Craft, he knew he was good at it. He enjoyed it, and it was what he wanted to do for a living. I always liked it when I was a kid, painting cars and playing with them, he said. Boys like cars, and I found I was interested in auto body. After 13 years as an employee and 21 years as the owner of Auto B Craft, Pearson still enjoys what he does. Auto B Craft was originally called Triplet Auto Body and was established by Norm Triplet in 1955. Pearson started working at Triplet in 1965, but after a few years, he quit to work out a few at a few other shops and try his hand at carpentry. I worked here for five years, and then I quit and worked at two or three different shops before I came back after an eight-year hiatus, he said. By then, Triplet was getting ready to retire. When an investor from California came in one day in 1980 and offered to buy his business, Triplett decided that it was a good time for him to sell. Pearson continued working at that company, but the new owner decided after only three months that he didn't want the business after all, and he made Pearson an offer. He wanted to go back to California, and he asked me, Do you want to buy it? Pearson said. I wasn't really ready, although I knew I did not want to have... I did want to have my own business at some point. Pearson said after thinking on it, 
he saw the opportunity that he had been waiting for. So I'm going to pause there. Um, that's sometimes the key to being a successful small business. Being an experienced person at something, knowing you like it, knowing um, you're good at it, and then an opportunity knocks. And so that might be something that to consider, you know, after some years of experience, look for an opportunity and then seize on it. So back to the article. I'm continuing here. I didn't know how to work with employees. I didn't have any working capital, but the opportunity was there, so I took advantage of it, he said. I wanted to go out on my own, and back then, you could do that type of thing in business. The equipment was less expensive, and everything everything seemed a lot simpler in the 1980s. Pearson said he noticed that the industry has changed over the past 40 years, and that today, a car is much more of a status symbol and a big financial investment. The standards and quality of cars have increased, and because of that, customers' expectations are much higher than they used to be. Older cars may have been more sturdy, but there was less engineering involved. Now cars use lighter metals, and it takes a lot more sophisticated engineering to make them. Pearson has his own special interest in engineering. On the wall in his office is a framed photo of a high-tech car that he painted for Western's Vehicle Research Institute. And besides working on cars, he has also developed a hobby in robotics. He has a photo album full of pictures of a robot he built from spare auto parts in the early 80s that, would bring, that he would bring to his children's classrooms. I'm going to pause there too. <laughs> That's just taking me down memory lane. So the robot's name was RB1. And uh, I remember him bringing it to school. And he played, um, he recorded his voice on a little tape deck. And he he played this this tape and the, the, um, the kids would talk along with the robot, you know, and it was, you know, having a robot that could move its arms and open its hand was, was a pretty cool thing. And, and, uh, yeah, I thought I was, I thought my dad was pretty cool that he could bring this robot and all my friends, um, saw this, this thing and he just, he just built it on his own. He was, uh, um, creative that way in the sense that he just used his, his spare time to build that spare time and uh, spare parts and he just had a desire to learn and he definitely instilled that in, in me. So back to the article. He said that it's his creative side that keeps him interested in auto body. It's not like being a mechanic because a certain level of artistic skills are needed to make a car smooth again so that you could never tell it was in an accident, he said. I have an interest and an aptitude for it. I like taking something damaged and make it all better. It really gives you a sense of accomplishment. Transitioning from employee to owner was a learning experience for Pearson. The main difference he has noticed between being an employee for 13 years and owning the business is the amount of control he has over the direction of the company. I like things to be done properly, he said. Business is like a conveyor belt. It keeps on running 
And if something disrupts the flow, it messes everything up at the end. So you really have to stay on top of things and make sure everything runs smoothly. He said he has also learned that as an owner, you end up putting a lot more hours in as well. I always have to be here. And if something doesn't go right, it's my fault. I have to take the lead and to be organized and to set a standard. Attitude comes from the top down. Every business has a disposition or attitude that you feel when you walk in the place. You can tell if it's being run well, and if the employees are not happy, then the customers are not happy. As with any business, Pearson has found one of the biggest challenges to being a business owner is keeping everyone satisfied, your suppliers, your customers, your employees, with the people who work for you, you get a lot better service if you respect them. That will go a long way. You also have to try to read your customer and realize their car is very important to them. You learn how to read people and all they want is really their same car back. And uh, I have to pause there because that's one of my favorite phrases. Um, when I was dealing with customers, dissatisfied customers, sometimes I would think about how, how I could better serve my customers. And when I thought about my father's experience as, as an owner and how seriously he took customer satisfaction, he simplified it. You know, he simplified it down to all they really want is their same car back. And that might sound sound simple, but if that's you know if that's the end goal in mind, if you think about you know just what's important to the customer, what do they really want, it can kind of help simplify all of the noise that can come about um, in customer service and in various businesses. So find out what the 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 simplest thing to do is, and then make sure that they're happy, and make sure you do that. Good good rule of thumb. Okay, back to the article. He said he's learned the hard way that as the owner, you have to pay yourself last. First you pay the government, then you pay your employees, then your suppliers, then yourself, he said. One time we were a day late in paying our sales tax. We got a big fine, Pearson said. I realized then that your employees will complain if you don't pay them on time, but the government will pay hard, play hardball. Pearson's annual sales are around 500000 and most of that comes from insurance companies. Repairing a damaged car can cost from a couple of hundred dollars to 13000 and more. The task of constantly making decisions on how to run the company efficiently and to his satisfaction has been challenging for Pearson. And he's learned how one slip can affect the whole company. I'm constantly making decisions, and some are good and some are bad, but everyone creates a domino effect. I've made some mistakes. I've bought some equipment that didn't work out. I've hired some employees that I thought would work out but didn't. I've learned to be careful because every decision you make has an effect on something else. Pearson currently has three employees, including his daughter Jessica, who works as in the office as a bookkeeper. He said he has considered expanding, but he wouldn't want to because it would change the shop's atmosphere. Jessica has worked in the shop for many years, doing everything from sanding to sweeping and to her current job as bookkeeper. 
She said she's not sure if she wants to take the business over eventually or not. However, it's a very hard job, and every once in a while I try to help out, but my dad has a lot of responsibility, Jessica said. She said she has worked in other shops similar to her father's, and it made her admire how her father runs his business. Every night I would call my dad and tell him about how chaotic these other shops were and what a joy it was to work for him, he said. Roger Pearson said it's very easy to get burned out as a business owner, and this is something he has had to learn how to manage over the years. Some of the strategies he's used to stay motivated and energized are to diffuse problems when they come up, stay as organized as he can, and not overwork himself. This business is stressful, and if you work too hard, you make the wrong decisions. There are a lot of people to keep happy, and many people quit because of the stress. But I've learned to deal with it and keep life in perspective. I've learned how to let things go and not try to accomplish too much. He said there's a misconception that a business owner just sits around reading the newspaper and telling everyone else what to do. That isn't the reality of owning a small business, though. I clean the toilets and sweep the floors and do inventory, as well as work on the cars, he said. The smaller the business is, the more the hats the business owner wears. So, words of wisdom. I thought that that article was written a long time ago, but it means a lot to me. I have a copy framed. I keep it by my desk. Um, I try to keep in mind the things that he said about keeping things in perspective, keeping life in perspective, all the little words of wisdom that he's recorded here. So I wanted to share that with you, and we'll sign out. It's Saturday evening, and uh, I'm going to include this uh, along with uh, a recent interview uh, with my dad about uh, the challenge of finding employees. Thanks for tuning in. Okay, so here we are. We're at the breakfast table where my dad and I, <laughs> we eat our breakfast when I come to visit. And they has, it's been a while since I've visited and they asked me what I was doing, what I've been up to lately. And I, so I told them about Real People Network and, and my podcast idea for finding a network of people that are interested in the same things I'm interested in. So I mentioned it to him and I thought it would be a great opportunity since I'm here to do one of my first interviews. So my dad is a retired business owner who was successful and he can share some of his small business wisdom with us. And I remember him talking a lot about finding employees was one of the hardest challenges, especially towards the end. So why was that? What do you think? Well, young people are not interested in the trades, for one thing, and they are <clears throat> generally encouraged by their schools to uh, <clears throat> seek a college education uh, so they can make a lot of money. 
but there's only so many people who can actually go <clears throat> get a high-tech job and get good money and there's a lot of need for the people of uh, for the trades to be able to somebody's got to fix the cars somebody's got to fix the plumbing in the house somebody's got to do the uh, painting of the house and building of the houses uh, and all the things that take a lot of work and many younger generation today uh, have not grown up with a work good work ethic so that's changed a lot yeah yeah and uh, that was that was your business you're in um, your small business was about fixing cars and so it is a technical skill people do need some training to get started with that it's so there you did have a relationship with the local technical vocational technical institute and, and some people would come your way over the years from that but over the years it was harder and harder to find and like you said it was because so many of the young people these days are encouraged that really college is kind of the only way to go so sounds like your advice would be to some young people that are looking to get started is to to learn learn a trade so one of the other things we talked about um, was college education and um, the the pursuit of of that you know that that dream or something with a super high dollar uh, lifestyle and I appreciated something you said was if you want to be the richest man in the graveyard <laughs> so can you expound on that um. <clears throat> Because your, your full focus is on making money, then it's going to distort your life much, and it won't be you won't live a healthy life. But if you want to make a, just a good living, uh, that will be balanced, and that's what I tried to do. I worked uh, pretty much eight to five every day, <clears throat> but I went to work every day, where I felt good or not, and tried to make good decisions when I was working, and so that. Uh, as the day, years went by, I would be able to be in a better position, and that's been very successful for me. Yeah, yeah, and it's a balanced thinking because I, I know you mentioned that some fields, like doctors and and scientists and things like that, you, it does require um, higher education to enter that field. So I appreciate that balanced thinking, and. You know, in, in future podcasts, I'll share additional tips from from my folks' business because um, the practical advice of having someone that was really in the trenches there really helps to get started with that, and that's what Real People Network is about, is about not giving up, finding someone to help give advice on the way, and, and so, you know, we've, we've kind of... We've got years of experience to draw from, so this will just maybe be just a intro interview um, to my folks that are um, successful former small business owners, and we can appreciate their advice. So we'll sign out for now and get back to our breakfast. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs>